So you're saying, Yo, sir, dude, I just got paid and I want to get laid. Might your humble narrator suggest a live Smodco show? See Smod.com list all the upcoming performances with links to tickets. As for getting laid, that's all on you, amigo. We just make you laugh till you shit your pants. The Smonsters of Talk could be coming to your town. Go to csmod.com and find out. Smodco's been blasting its own brand of fuck yeah for years in all forms of media. If you're saying, Hold up, sir dude. What about video games? We got that market covered too. Visit smarcade.com to learn about two, count them, two games for your iOS and Android device. Jay and Silent Bob grace your mobile with Too Fat to Fly and Let Us Dance. Get your game on, Smod Goblins. Check out smarcade.com. Smodco Internet Radio broadcasts the free funny, but you can broadcast your Smodco love with merchandise. Shirts, posters, comics, memorabilia, and more. JayandSilentBob.com is your hub for comic book men, secret stash, and Kevin Smith's cinematic catalog. It's an online one-stop shop that fulfills your need, minus the weed. JayandSilentBob.com. Book market, baby. Good evening, everybody. Uh, every saga has a middle age, and this is what happens when Jay and Silent Bob get old. Uh, this is uh, my partner, Jason Muse. Hello, hello, hello. And I'm Kevin Smith, and we're going to try to tell you a story. Uh, the story behind the story. Uh, and to do that, we're going to start somewhere back at the beginning. I would say it's circa 1993. We're in Leonardo, New Jersey. You and I have known each other at this point. Probably about three years, max. Say that's right. Maybe four or something. Yeah, I've like been that. trying to. I've been trying to think for years when it was because I felt like I was still in school, but I don't think I was because I graduated in '92. I did graduate, believe it or not. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I thought it was during while well, I was still. But I guess I wasn't. So '93. But we known each other. Yeah, I was about 13, 14 when we met. So. And we'd met at the Highlands Rec Center. I've talked yes. about it in the past and whatnot. Muse captured my imagination when he one day em- entered the the rec center and uh without looking at me or walter who was there proceeded to rice around the room fellating anything that looked somewhat phallic like that sort of pretty much there's a microphone stand he was sucking it off there's a flagpole he was sucking it off um he got to the asteroids machine which was a rollerball mm. and a couple buttons and he looked perplexed because there was no joystick and then he sucked off the rollerball so we'd known each other i mean pretty much uh, since 89 i know yeah since 89 like the year after mm-hmm. i graduated high school oh yeah yeah i think I, I, I knew him that's now. when i started hanging out with brian and Wall. You knew what? I stalked you then. When you were 88, you graduated. Yes. Yeah. Well, you did I tell me, like, in 1988, dude, when you graduated, I saw in the art room window, you had done, I did this fucking paper mache sculpture of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah. But as a DJ and a rapper. Yeah, yeah. So Bullwinkle was on the turntables, wheels of steel, <laughs> and he had a headphone set like this. 
and Rocky was standing on the table and he had a microphone. Presumably he was the MC. And of anything I did in high school, because I was in plays and shit like that, a lot of talent shows and whatnot, the only thing this fool ever spoke to me about was like, remember when you made that paper mache Rocky and Bullwinkle thing? <laughs> He's like, that was so badass. It was like they were rapping. And I but, was like, that was kind of the point of the sculpture, yeah. But didn't you also do like the Beastie Boys or something? You and, and uh, Mike? Did you guys do Beastie Boys for a talent show? In one of the talent yeah, shows, I remember me and one Jason Snore rapped and shit like yeah, Jason that. Jason Snore, that's it. I, so I remember some of that stuff. But yeah, so it was more of that. And then right afterwards is when we started really talking and hanging. because. And of, back in those heady days, you were... You you used to refer to yourself as like I'm straight edge, and I was like, yeah. "What's that?" Because I was fairly sheltered and didn't know a lot. I've actually learned so much about life from Muse at Muse's side. Um, a lot of the things that people think is funny about the stuff I do came from knowing Muse all that time and shit. Because Muse, just as Malcolm is kind of my my gay avatar, if you will, <laughs> where I send him out into the gay world and like come back and tell me shit, you know. And he goes out, fucks a dude, and he's like, "Come buns," you know. And I'm like, "Ooh." Nipples. Explain that thing, you know? Muse, before Malcolm, before I met Malcolm, Muse was that guy, because Muse would go not into the world not of the gay. gay. <laughs> I didn't tell him about cum buns or anything. Don't fucking let him kid you. I was you. like, go out there, feel a dick, tell me what it feels like. I don't want to do that, Kev. <laughs> um, he was uh, my, my explorer avatar, if you will, would go out into the cool world, the world of... Uh, that I was not a part of, the metal world, uh, the street world. My parents didn't let me hang out on the streets of Highlands. Yours did and shit. He started hanging out with me when I was in my 20s. He would come over to my house at age 16, 17. He's like, you want to hang out? I was like, my parents don't let me go out on the streets. <laughs> so... It's, uh, so this is going way back. He was straight edge at that point. He used to tell me shit. I'd never even heard of the term straight edge. I, you know, I didn't know anything about anything really. And he was just like, I'm straight edge. I said, what's that? He's going, so movement, man. It's just like a bunch of us and we love music and shit and we don't fucking do drugs and we don't drink and we don't fuck girls. And I asked somebody else, I was like, is that right? They're like, not the fuck girls part. <laughs> that's kind of the opposite of straight edge. That's more gay edge. No, no, that's it. That's but that was at that point, you were very, you were, oddly enough, for somebody who was so kind of like uh, way worldlier than I in terms of uh, you were free. You were uninhibited. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you would say shit where I'd be like, you, can you say that? Are you going to get arrested for saying that? <laughs> and it would open my eyes to the freedom that one had if they had that kind of what Muse has going for him, that very special something, um, where he seems to have no moral barometer. This is where I talk about him like he's not here. <laughs> or like he's a chimp sitting on the desk or something like that. He has like almost no moral barometer, so he can say, "I." This is my take on on what makes Muse tick uh, with an audience. He can say really heinous things and somehow get away with it because there seems to be no malice in the comment whatsoever, and there is no malice <clears throat> in the comment. Yeah. So for me, I've always described that as a lack of a moral barometer because inside he's not saying it because it's transgressive or uh, or wrong, and he's not saying it you know, to win your affection. He's just saying whatever he's saying because he has no fucking filter between his brain and his mouth. So he just says the shit that most people go like, I want to say this, but I can't because people think I'm an asshole. And he's like, I don't care. Cock, you know, <laughs> to a church full of nuns. And, and somehow they pat him on the head. They're like, it's okay for him. You know, you had that, that special fucking charm lets you get away with that kind of thing. And there we were, 93, shooting clerks. 
And it was one of the only times yeah. your little special charm didn't let you kind of get away with it and shit like that. On, on the Tell Him Steve Dave show, they refer to Brian as Teflon. I, I think you're kind of like Teflon. You, you People wouldn't challenge you. They would just be entertained by you until we hit a wall. When we were shooting this sequence, it's like maybe a week, two weeks into production. It was only a three-week <laughs> fucking production. And the part of Jay was obviously written for Jason Mewes. I didn't create the character of Jay. I mean, kind of the... The, the interesting dynamic about his relationship to the world vis-a-vis -vis the character he plays or the person he is is that a lot of people go, oh, man, he's that dude who plays that dude. But that character was based. Yeah. I mean, that was no, that John guy. Man, I mean, yeah. yeah, it wasn't like he didn't act because he definitely had to learn to be that guy again. That was always the weirdest thing to yeah. me because I'd be like, hey, man, like I wrote a script, you know, that had everything in it that he would say and do normally and whatnot. And I'd hand it over to him and whatnot. I'm like, this is Clerks. We're going to make this movie Clerks and you're going to play Jay. And he's like, that's my name. I was like, yes. <laughs> I'm not very creative. Um, so I gave him the script and filled with all his colloquialisms, the things he says and whatnot. And, you know, he read it. I said, what do you think? He goes, I don't know if I could do this. I said, but it's you. It's all the shit you say. And he's like, I don't remember saying any of this. What's this word? I was like, snooch to the nooch. <laughs> he's like, yeah. I was like, you fucking say it all the time. He's like, do I? You know, just not even conscious of it but i've been fucking capturing shit because he'd be out in the world we'd be together he'd be, snooch to the nooch and people are like ah, ha, ha. i'm like what the fuck are they laughing at what's a snooch so when i wrote the jay character i wrote it specifically based on muse because i knew he had that balance to get away with the, the shit we were going to have him do in the movie so hand him the script <clears throat> he doesn't quite understand how he can do it and i spent a month teaching jay how to be Jay, essentially, at that point, where it was just like, all right, you say fucking Snoogans. And he's like, Snoogans. I'm like, no, motherfucker, you, you say it like Snoogans. And he's just like, why, why, why would I say that? I was like, why do you say it? And he's like, I don't know. I never thought about it before. Snoogans. I was like, there it is, you know? So we went, we treated, we trained for a month to become yeah. Jay. As we start shooting, the, the dude who we've all known for years in our world as the guy who would like fucking take his dick out and show it to you if you were nice to him, suddenly kind of like clamped up around yeah. people and whatnot. It became weird. Like the moment we turned the camera on, dude tightened up like Cindy Brady and just kind of stared. It was. With it was like a thousand years. Yeah, just really. All the attention was on me at that point. Like I knew it was. But which is weird, but the attention was always on yeah. you. Like well, as soon as you start know. making jokes and shit. But it was different because you're like, there's a camera involved. Even this was different. I remember doing the, uh, doing, well, not the podcast, but the Q and A's. I remember like the first Q and A, I went up on stage with him. He called me up and I got up there and I was like, hi. <laughs> so even after I've well, done the movies too. and stuff, cause I got used to being in front of the camera, but it sort of was, and now it's live and. Yeah, anyway. it took you a while. You're actually very Listen, good now talking to a crowd or talking better, in front better. of a crowd. Better, but yeah, there was a period better, where I'd be better like, than you. Yeah, well, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Far better than me. But there was a, there was definitely a time where you know you'd be like yeah. people be like uh, you know I'd be like ladies and gentlemen Jason Mewes they'd be like ah, go ape shit because they're like this motherfucker's gonna go off like he does in the movies maybe fuck someone on stage he's amazing to watch then you come up and you'd be like hey what's up and look around nervously <laughs> and then leave without saying anything and people and then you know I always thought that was. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make it off stage where he projectile vomits and people are like there's the Jay we know um, but at the same time it was it was it was tough to try to explain to people like well 
that was who he was. Mm-hmm. And when I wrote that character, that was definitely who the guy was. But people grow. You know, they change and shit. And that was kind of a snapshot of who Muse was at age 16. Now, you know, he doesn't quite resemble, particularly right at this moment in time, he doesn't resemble that guy so much mm-hmm. anymore. But I've always thought it was weird, this weird conundrum where, like, I'm not Silent Bob. You know, there was a, what's his name? Leonard Nimoy wrote a book years ago, I Am Not Spock. Like, after years of being Spock, he wrote, he was so pissed off. He's like, I'm not fucking Spock. He took fucking off. Right. But <laughs> he wrote a book called I'm Not Spock, put it out there in the world and shit to say, hey, I'm much more than Spock. Years later, he wrote another book, I Am Spock. No, he didn't. Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm Spock after all. I figured it out. Sorry. That was the full title of the book. Um, for me, though, I've never had a problem. Like, people go, hey, man, Silent Bob. And I'm like, well, yeah, sometimes in the movies. But clearly, I'm not Silent Bob. I'm the exact opposite. If anything, I deserve a fucking no. Oscar now for playing Silent Bob. <laughs> Based on the volume of speaking that you see me do on a regular basis. It must have been really hard for him to shut up during those movies. I was like, you have no idea. There's never been confusion. Nobody's ever been, hey, I fucking stand there and be quiet, you fat piece of shit. You know, nobody... <laughs> expects me to be my character they come up to you and they expect you to be your character and i think you always give them like 25 30 percent of that because that's your natural essence and stuff but they're looking for that guy at age fucking how old are you right now 36 at age 36 they're looking for snooch to the nooch fucking like let me fucking show you my weenie (laughs) i still show my wiener though yeah yeah. as long as i can get away with it now (laughs) That's the difference, too. Then I was underage, and I can get away with more stuff, not to worry about going to, you know, getting sexual harassment charges and such. The other way around that is just not show your weenie to everybody. Can I show my wiener? All right, so we're on this set of clerks. We're shooting this sequence. And it's, uh, Muse is getting, waiting to shoot. We brought him there as per usual. We told everyone, come at 1030 when the store closes and whatnot. Uh, he got there and, you know, there's a shoot order. You don't shoot everything at once. We shoot one scene, another scene, another scene. And his scene was second or third up. And we were shooting a sequence with uh, the guy who's like, I'm the roofer. You, you remember know? all that? That's oh, fuck yes. I remember Jesus. everything. It's my curse. I don't remember him. Anyway. Um, I, well, I, yeah, I mean, particularly I have to remember for that time because you really don't remember no. shit like that. <laughs> like at one point we flew over to fucking, I guess it was England and shit like that. And uh, we landed to go do the second evening with thing. <laughs> And when we landed, he's looking around the airport. He's like, this is England. This is amazing. I've never been. I was like, you've been here twice (laughs) with me. You know, was I? I was like, yeah, once on the way to Cannes, once on another time to Cannes. Oh, right on. Did I have fun? I was like, yes. (laughs) Very much. England's an enjoyable place. Um, So, yeah, it's my job to fucking remember. And, And what I remember is we were shooting the fucking dude who was the roofer. The goes, I'm a roofer, done and ready home improvements, that guy. His name was Thomas. <clears throat> Thomas lived nearby. He had done a couple like plays or local theater plays or something. So when we were casting, he was just a dude who like uh, lived in the neighborhood and shit and would see us working at night and getting ready or sometimes shooting the movie. What are you guys doing? I was like, we're shooting a movie here, man. You want to be in it? It was that fucking simple to be in Clerks. Like, you just <laughs> had to walk in the door. Like, we're making a movie. You want to be in it? I'm like, oh, what the fuck? And people run out or some people would be like, well, yes, <clears throat> about time somebody asked me. And they'd start... <laughs> Start fucking acting and shit. So Thomas, we hit him up and we were just like, um, hey man, you want to play this part? And you'd play this guy and, and you know, he's, he's, he's the roofer and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, he was like, okay. And he showed up to shoot at 1030 and one night he was a little nervous and, you know, never really having been in front of a camera, but nobody really in the movie had been in front of a camera. We all had the benefit, most of us, having rehearsed for a month straight. Not so much with Muse. Muse came when he came and shit. And we rehearsed more at home than we ever did at the store because most of our shit was away from Dante and Randall anyway. It was just us. 
So we're shooting this sequence, and Muse is laying on the floor of the convenience store waiting to shoot his scene. And to do clerks, you, you couldn't, you used to drink yeah. or smoke. What did you both. do? Both. I used to do both. More drink, though, but it, I had like a setup. They would, I'd get a little bottle of blackberry brandy and like a six pack. And then sometimes I'd smoke. If I had weed, I'd smoke. But mainly I would drink because, yeah, I was frightened. I was mm-hmm. really, I was really nervous about. And a lot of times, even when I drank, remember I used to make everyone go outside. Like if we were shooting inside the store, I'd be like, all right, just Brian, Brian O'Halloran and Kevin and Mosier and Dave. And I'd be like, can everyone else wait outside? I don't and that know. That was, was really... the only people that worked on the movie. So we were like, who's he talking about? And I was just like, just humor him. Yes, Jay, we're all going outside now. I'm like, you and you and you. <laughs> Be quiet out there. There's nobody outside. Um, you did that during the dance sequence, particularly. We're shooting yeah. the dance sequence, and you were just like, can it just be us out here? And I, I was like, okay, yeah, Moj, Dave, you guys got to go. And Dave's like, who's going to run the fucking camera? <laughs> and I was like, just cover the eyepiece and fucking hit press play and fucking run. We'll take care of the rest. So they didn't even see that scene until, you know, fucking two weeks later when we developed the dailies. Dave was always like, I didn't know if we'd even see you. We had such minimal light and shit. He's like, for two weeks I was going, I hope we captured something. You know, and it turned out to be that thing. So... We're inside. This dude Thomas is going through his lines. We've already done the Dante Randall portion of the walk around, the walk up to the counter and shit. And then we have a cutaway to homie at the coffee machine, Thomas. And then he comes over and introduces himself as the roofer. He comes over. You know, we, we start the take. We're shooting at the counter and whatnot. He comes in. One of the terrible Kevin Smith fucking <laughs> 19 people shots that only three people in the frame. Very wide Maison scene camera just sitting there wide shot. Dude comes up, starts doing his fucking dialogue. And like the best of us, you know, stumbles or blows it a third of the way in or something like that. And I was just like, all right, cut, don't worry about it. It was a little weird on the clerk set because everybody had been rehearsing for a month and it was impressed upon everybody. We have to do this fucking shit like a play. Like you can't, I can't blow takes. We don't have enough money to fucking go through takes. So the reason we rehearse for a month is so when we get up there on the stage, put it up on its feet, is going to go. Like, we're not going to sit there and be like, shit, take nine. We don't have that kind of money. And that was me, Joe Understanding. Fucking Joe Drunkie on the floor <laughs> had a different fucking view of the whole situation, man. And, like, about the fourth take, you know, Thomas kind of stumbles again. And I was like, that's all right, man. Cut. We'll go again. From nowhere, from the voice from the floor, all of a sudden you hear, he fucked up again. <laughs> Fucking Thomas, like, looks around. Who said that? You know, and fucking looks around, looks down. There's Muse on the floor laying by the bread and Twinkies. And he's just like, God damn it, man. That's five times now. And he's like, who is this? And I was just like, this is my friend, Jason. He's like, can you go in the other room? And I was like, yeah, Muse, go in the video store. And he's like, gladly. And, you know, goes over. (laughs) As if he was like the consummate professional, like fucking Lawrence Olivier and shit like that. You know, fucking timeliness is the courteous of kings, Thomas. (laughs) moving on or something like that older statesman so we shoot thomas's stuff or we'll finally get through his takes at one point we go next door that was we were using as a kind of holding area people doing makeup and shit like that so muse is over there laying on the counter watching a movie and shit drinking his fucking blackberry brandy and thomas comes over and you know it's after it was good job man well done he's like that's it we're done i was like that's it we did it man it'll be in the movie it's funny it sounded funny and shit it's like i'm sorry it took me so long Muse is sitting there watching the TV going, yeah, I'm sorry too, man. I should have been done with this shit two hours ago. You know, and Muse circa then and shit. Like, I'm entitled and shit. So 
Thomas, I guess, had kind of had enough, and he's fucking, and I look at him, he's staring at me, he's, he's oblivious, drunk, staring at the television and shit. Thomas is looking at him with such disgust, and, he, and fucking Muse, at that point, you had a joint. I, I think I was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's watching TV, and he would do shit like, he fucked up again, and just light the joint, and watch TV and ignore us again and shit like that. So this was after the comment that Muse made and Thomas is fucking staring at Muse lighting this joint smoking it in front of him. He goes, does this fucking kid know who I am? And at that point, I'm like, I don't even know who he is. I, <laughs> he's just a dude who comes in for milk. I never thought to ask Thomas what he did. And he's like, I'm a fucking narc. And that's when fucking the joint goes flying. This dude sits up <laughs> and he was just like, I thought you were really good in the scene, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then like a couple days later I was at the at the counter like this I was uh, so I remember when yeah, I fucking totally when you I, were that like, guy you were Thomas a few days yeah, later and shit I was just and we had to wait and shoot it the next day or something because I was so drunk we did I mean in, in order to fucking he poured liquid courage down his throat and forgot that at a certain point it becomes liquid stupid <laughs> <laughs> so it would come time to shoot and he was like fine hey silent Bob why don't you <laughs> you know and, and we were like alright let's try it tomorrow um would you is that is that the first time you ever drank or no. No, no, no. Like I have remember when I left, I knew you before I went to film school. We'd been hanging out from 89. Like I said, I went to film school in about 92. When I left, you were all fucking, I'm straight edge, man. Fucking straight edge. I'm going to come home. We're going to make a movie. You're like, totally, man. Straight edge. No booze, no drugs, no chicks. I was like, well, we'll fix that when I get home. <laughs> when I came home about eight months later, like the no booze, no, no drugs had gone out the window. And so had no chicks. Like Muse had always been kind of virginal and shit. We'd mock him for it. And he talked about pussy incessantly, but hadn't seen it since yeah. he'd sprung from it and shit. So, so he was one of those right dudes who was like, you know what I would do with pussy? I would <clears> do this with pussy. I would do this with pussy. It's like me going, you know what I would do on Mars? I would do this on Mars. I would do this. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I talked a good game. I, you have an I excellent game. Like so, you talked a, such a good game that I had had sex, and I was like, I'm going to learn some shit from him. <laughs> so, um, so at that point, when I came back, you had gone into smoking. I think you started smoking weed and shit. And you became. Yeah. You sounded like me two years ago, weed proponent and whatnot. Um, and and I get, but, but was drinking hand in hand with that as well? Yeah, pretty much. I, we started, we started going, uh, I remember I, see, I was hanging out with this one group of, uh, people who were hardcore and they, you know, they had the, uh, the shaved heads and we did the X's and the straight edge and we didn't drink smoke or anything and listen to. So they were skinheads as well? Oh, it was, yeah, it's like skinheads. It's like this band minor threat and, and all this stuff. Anyway, we listened to hardcore music, drove up and down the ab or parked at the ab in front of the church. We had this awesome church that we'd sit on the church wall and we didn't. But the Methodist the time, church? Yeah, yeah, Across right from there. The post office? Yeah, yeah. That's where you'd hang. That was your fucking let's be badass that, in front of the Methodist Church. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's let's like her, let's go kick Davy and Goliath's ass. <laughs> Do you remember the, the Bible study place? <laughs> yes. That's why I went to kindergarten before OLPH didn't have a kindergarten and the public school didn't have their kindergarten. So when I started, I went in the basement of the Methodist Church with nope. Mr. Lodge and Do shit. Do you remember across the street there was a little Bible study? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show. It was the fucking Sunrise Cafe or something like that. And like over, it went through many incarnations. Dan worked upstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I, I it threw was this a dude through the window of rollerblading. I hit him in the head and threw him through the window of that place. But anyway, what? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> we used to we used to rollerblade, so it was like. 
hardcore phase and we used to like I didn't drink or anything and then I started to drink a lot on mic oh the mic you started telling the story to the I wall. Have. I didn't know who you were talking to. I was like, I got to get used those... to this mic thing. Yeah. I thought you I'm thought the rest of the piece, clerk's dude. crew was behind you. You're like, hey, guys, they're not really there. <laughs> I'm going to get a little piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you I'm need like, a yeah, Janet, anyway. I don't you need a Janet Jackson headpiece, dude. I, um, you wear the Janet Jackson headpiece, and I'll show the nipple. <laughs> It'll work. It'll work. <laughs> It'll be awesome. I'm a, I want to worry about this. You could be like, control. <laughs> <laughs> so then... I think if I hold it, I'll be back. Yeah, rock it. Hold it like a goddamn man. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Um, so then... Uh, Look at so him. Hold that like a fleshlight. Well done, son. <laughs> so then I did that whole scene, I remember, and then I started to drink a lot with uh, this dude who... I can't remember his name. His like parents would would work like they'd go to work Monday to Friday and like leave town. So he'd have the house to himself all week. So we used to go up there and drink all the time. So I started drinking and smoking weed a bunch. I mean, like started getting drunk like every night and smoking weed every night. And then we started playing hockey. So then like I stopped drinking only on the weekends. I would drink. I went through these phases and we used to rollerblade up and down the Ave. Drunk. No, no, but remember me? Uh, well, sometimes, yes. But not as much. Oh, you, you and I, or you and I? Well, remember me and Habstack used to always do it, and you, if you had, when you were there, and, uh, and I used to just do it all the time on myself and meet at the church wall that you we were had there. You were an avid fucking rollerblader, like you yeah. read about. Like, Walter liked it very much, and I, I, I put them on. I wanted to do it so I could be cool like everybody else, but Fat Man has no place on rollerblades. <laughs> um, but, but you took to it like a fish to fucking water. Like, you could not only skate, you could turn around, skate backwards and shit like that. You and Ed were the only two, but it's because you practiced so Yeah, we just tried, we'd, we'd skate up and down the ab and harass the three pretty females in our town. <laughs> our town is so small, it was like a mile long, and there was, anyway. But uh, one time this dude came down, and, and he was drunk, and I was on my rollerblades. Mm. And I remember he started, he started messing with me, and we were, we were, I don't know, we were talking, he was yelling at me, I was yelling at him, and then he pushed me. And then I remember grabbing him by his shirt, and we went crashing through the, the, uh, the, the, that door at the, at the Bible study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were the on the street. Study. We were on the sidewalk, and we started it, and I grabbed him, and we Why went you, through the what door. What do you give a shit about? Like, what? I don't even remember. I, I forget a lot of the stuff that I went He's on like, through your rollerblading irritates me. <laughs> yeah. You do it constantly? Think... You bug the only three pretty girls in town. <laughs> Maybe I took his old lady. I'm not even sure. But we were arguing about whatever it was, but I just remember that that place was a Bible study, and her name was Joanne, the woman who ran it. Right. So crazy. You know that because you I crashed through a things like that, door yeah. and shit. But I don't and remember like, the dude you? that I crashed through the window with and why we were fighting, but I remember little things like that. It's weird. And she'd bring you over um, a table and be like, let me tell you why Jesus doesn't want this. <laughs> Jesus doesn't want you to fight with him. Yeah, Jesus, uh, Jesus doesn't want you to wear those rollerblades. <laughs> You're like, well, Jesus could go to hell. I love him. And you start skating backwards and shit. I, and we used to go ice skating every weekend, too, which was a lot of fun. We totally did. Ironically, so, that mm. Sunrise Cafe that was like this Christian hangout years later became home to a metal label where that's where Walter used to draw those shirts at that same fucking place. So then I started drinking a lot there. That's when I started drinking a bunch. And then we then I slowed down a little bit, but then I started drinking again. I started hanging with this other group of kids. And we started drinking, and then I started doing a little blow. That was about 1920s when I started doing... 1920s? 
Nine? This was in the 1920s, the Roaring Twenties. No, Everyone 19 was doing or 20 coke. years old. I oh, can't okay. remember is when I first tried. Yeah, back in the 1920s, I was I, doing I think lines. like everyone else, I was just like, you oh, have a time machine? Like, <laughs> and I wouldn't be surprised because you roll over a lot of cool things. You're like, one time I threw a guy through a door. Anyway, yeah, I farted. Yes. <laughs> and there was a time machine, and then there was this bald guy, and we had crosses on our hands, and we were skinheads. It was awesome. Yeah, um, and let's clarify that. There are skinheads and there are skinheads. You were the skinheads that wasn't like, we hate blacks and Jews. You were like, we, we're the skinheads that just hate hair. Well, yeah, there's like, like the straight edges. There's like the skinhead straight edges who like were, because there's a whole lace thing too, which I don't remember, but like white, white, uh, boot laces mean, you know, you're racist or, and the red ones mean something else. I don't remember. And if you wear I think the, I feel like Jeremy would laces, remember. If you wear the shoelaces in this year, you're gay. Now, shoelaces in your ear. And then there was fat laces and that meant you and broke dance. you were fat, P-H-A-T. You were a break dancer. Yeah. I went through that phase too. Where you we brought the linoleum. Guys. Yeah. When did that happen? Where did that fall in relation to, I'm a skinhead and you're like, fuck that was, that. I was, I was straight then. That was eighties, right? right? So. It wasn't until it wasn't until about ninety. It was like right after Clerks is when I was drinking a bunch, and it was a couple. It was after Mallrats that I started started doing dope. It was like right around that right. time. I remember like we got done shooting, and I remember going home having a threesome and shooting dope, and it was amazing. <laughs> Let's let's talk about the lighter, funner side of drugs for a second. You uh, you shot some. You shot it or snorted it? If I remember no, correctly, no, I snorted it. Yeah, I snorted. There was for... a long period of time where we thought uh, you were safe. I mean, we'd always been kind of concerned about you because you you know you predispose. You've got a genetic predisposition to addiction, as they yeah. say. Um, so we were always kind of like, well, we got to watch him and, and just make sure, you know, the moment you start showing interest and shit, ardent interest. And um, I would set, I would always set barrier boundaries, yes. not boundaries. Is, yeah, no boundaries and yeah. barriers. Yeah. You had certain levels that you were like, as long as I don't do this, it's going to be okay. And for the longest time, it was just like, we were like, heroin, you can't do fucking heroin. What are you crazy? And you're like, I don't shoot heroin. I just snort it. So snorting, it's okay. And we all sat there going like, we convened like the Jewish council. And we were like, let's talk about this. And had like a fucking meeting. And then we gave our ruling, me and Mosier, not Mosier, me and Walter and Brian. And just like, we, we condone this use of heroin through the nose. You know, I guess we weren't Jewish as much as we were Amish. And then we all four of us built a barn. It was amazing. Um, but we did. I remember, like, we talked amongst ourselves going, like, I mean, at least he's snorting it. And then the big thing was, like, oh, he'll never shoot it. He'll never shoot it. Like, we know that much. A, he's afraid of needles and shit. He's never going to shoot it. So at that point, you were probably just snorting. Yeah, I, was, I did snort for, for uh, I think it, was, it had to be about a year and a half or so that I did. But let's go to the specific want... fucking story, man. You snorted some fucking heroin and had a three-way? Not at the same time, but it was around that time. But I remember it was right. Separated by weeks? Are these like two unrelated activities? They were, but I remember it was all in the mall rats thing. Because I remember we shot mall rats and I was out there for probably about a month and a half. And then I went home for the week. And I remember like, again, there was like three cute girls in our town. I mean, there's a couple of ones that used to skate up and down in front of? Yes. Dude, That's how you finally landed. Be like, skating didn't work. Heroin did. Yes, I was like, here is heroin. All right, here's some roofies, and I poof, they knocked them out. <laughs> No, that's not true, but, but <laughs> yeah, it was really later on. I'm, I'm just saying my timeline in my head is... Never mind that shit about... He rest. can say anything. Some <laughs> chicks are like, roofies, eh? Calling the cops. <laughs> no, but I just remember time... I, I remember around Mallrats is like, I really... I hadn't done... 
I hadn't done heroin yet, but I remember there was the the two girls, which was a big thing that I remember shooting mall rats. Not while I was shooting it in Minnesota, but what do you when mean, I went back the home. The two girls. What are you talking about? There was two girls in our town that I used to hang out with, and I would, and uh, they were the girls that walked around town, and it, the guys invited to the party because again we lived in a small town, and like everyone sort of knew everyone knew everybody even if you didn't hang out with them you knew like this family the you know the whites and the blah 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 and the blah 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 and you sort of knew everybody and there was these two girls that were like these two girls they'd always want their this girl michelle and this girl dana okay i don't say their last names good move. but they were like the really attractive girls i look back and they were really attractive. they are everyone, i can vouch for them these are very and they, everyone tips. always wanted a party but i used to hang out with them i was sort of like really good friends with the one girl and the other girl i had fooled around with before so anyway i was away for a while and they're like we miss you we miss you because i was good friends with them and i hung out with them so i had come home i went home for about a week to see my family but i remember i went to nini balls's house mm-hmm. nini balls is I, one of your closest one of, friends one of my buddies and we went, we were hanging out and drinking and Nini Balls went in the room that fought, we went and fell asleep and it was the three of us. And next thing you know, like we're dancing and stuff and then what? it cut to, yeah, just like Is this. Is that how this shit starts? You're like, hey ladies. No, seriously. I'm doing a frog over here. I was yeah. like this on the couch. I was like, yeah. Were they dancing? They were dancing. Was it also- like fucking, I have this image of you as like Chris Walken in King of New York. You're just like slowly fucking grooving. These hookers are dancing on you and shit. Is that what happened? No, no. We were like all sitting around chatting and shit. And those two had like, like put music on. And they put the music, Jamie put music on and they started dancing and we're like all bullshitting. And then he went and went in the room and went to sleep. And I was sitting there and just like watching. But you know, I was like getting buzzed at the time. So I was like sitting like this watching him. And all of a sudden they start making out and shit. And like the one whips down her titty and starts kissing it. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> so then I got up and did, I'm like, mm. And I remember being behind her, and like I reached my hand out, and I started rubbing her piece, just to see if they'd go for it. And she didn't. She reached back and started grabbing my fucking two-inch hard penis. Wait, she was grab- grabbing your cock under your ass? No. <laughs> yeah, she was like this. Just, yeah, like she's pulling it. You're like, ow, ow! <laughs> I really want this three-way, but it hurts. <laughs> No. <laughs> Grab it the right way. No, they were facing each other, kissing and like playing, and I was reaching in front of the one. Yeah. And I was behind her, and she reached back like this. Oh, I see. She... Okay, now it makes sense. So then it was like real weird because I then I just remember like we like. <laughs> Wait. And, like, so you felt... went from standing to slowly, yeah, slowly descending to the floor. And... Yeah. And then it just then you know went on from there, and it was it was pretty awesome. It's weird because. <laughs> Your three-way move was kind of like your old nodding out move because you're nodding. I have I've told the story like I've seen you yes. in a room. Like I walked into a room once and this motherfucker was standing in the room and, and he, I was like, "Hey man, I'm going to grab something downstairs to eat, talk to some people." He's like, "I want to go. I'm going to stay here." I was like, "I'll be back in an hour." I come back into the room and I see Muse eyes closed, one this hand holding the mic down his pants, and the other hand is just loose and he's just gone like this. <laughs> His eyes are closed and he's just gently swinging in the air like the biggest fucking roundhouse you ever saw and shit. Like he's Popeye. And then he would just slowly... Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but then he would slowly deflate. Like he would swing a few times, fighting the never-ending fight, the good fight for all of us, <laughs> in his mind. 
And then he would like win the fight because he would go and start deflating, man. Like literally just like you let the air out of him. And just as he was about to the floor, he'd pop back up and start fighting again. <laughs> I was My like, buddy. this motherfucker's like Batman. He won't go down, man. <laughs> I don't know who he's fighting, but he's fucking like Batman. My buddy videotaped that, and I was like, bullshit, dude. I wasn't doing that. And he's like, watch. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm like sitting in, on the couch, and I'm like this. <laughs> Just bouncing. Yeah, it's yeah. bounce. Because at that point, you think you're said, awake. You're like, oh, maybe he's, he's awake. He said, I got up, and I like pulled my pants off and shit. I was just like this. <laughs> So you pull your pants down and just grabs your cock. <laughs> and he's videotaping this? Yeah, he's got it on videotape. That's a hell of a friend. Which I, I don't know how the... <laughs> I don't know why... I remember when I, met, when I met the wife... This is even... I was sober at this point, but I think maybe from doing drugs and sleeping like that and standing up that it's sort of stuck with me. Cause <laughs> like sleeping the, like the a horse? The first night that... The, <laughs> That's what you do. You well, kind of no. sleep like a horse. Horses sleep standing up. They don't punch the air, but they sleep standing up as well. No, 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 but not that. But when I'm when I'm sleeping, for some reason, I'll be laying down. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, I'll be sleeping, and I'll just get up like this. And I'll be sitting up. It'll be like a vampire and shit, and coming out of a coffin. Oh, yeah, man. I, I've been in the room where you're doing it. Like, you're totally laying on a couch and shit, quiet. He's out cold. And then he does, like, this Max Shrek stand up yeah. in, a, in a I'm coffin. I'm like, what's like, up, motherfucker? But, but not that. If you did that, it'd be like, oh, Muse is awake, and that would be fine. But you just sit bolt upright, and then you're like, mm, and then slowly it's this. Mm, mm. You rub your nose, and you go back to sleep. And the other thing I Once do is... Once or twice, you've done that, and I just rub your nose for you, and you fall asleep. No, remember, I had my nose pierced, and I used to roll it all the time, That's and you why, said it was yeah. my narcoleptic button. But when the first, <laughs> the first night my wife stepped over... She had woke up and it was like dark in the room, but there's like a little light from the moon coming through the little blinds. And she said she looked over and I was like sitting like this, <laughs> laying down. And she was like, oh my God, this guy's like, this is probably about after like 10 days of us hanging out. She's like, oh my God, this creepy guy's staring at me sleeping. What do I do? And she's like, Jay, Jay. And she said that it was like this. And then she reached over and turned the light on. I was like this. Just sleeping with my arms. It is. My... Being in a room with you when you're sleeping is a lot like being in the movie Paranormal Activity. <laughs> because out of nowhere, you'll just get up, start walking around the room, stare at people with your eyes closed, <laughs> have this whole adventure and shit. Not back in the day. I always thought it was, again, very sheltered. Didn't know. Didn't know anybody who... I didn't even really have you... drinkers in my immediate family. Yeah. Like my parents were real dry and shit. Not because they were like sober they just didn't you know they just treated booze like you know only special occasion kind of thing her brothers lived up north you know they were drinkers and shit and maybe that's a reason my mom didn't really drink and my dad didn't he was diabetic maybe that's a reason he didn't drink although i would imagine that's a reason to drink like i want to forget you know and pour it down but he didn't and i remember those two would like my mother would drink like pink squirrels and my dad would have manhattans but that was only if we went to a wedding or something like that so i didn't have any experience 
with any sort of like inebriation activity and whatnot. So when Muse would like sit there and fucking nod out, I was like, holy shit, man, he's like fucking River Phoenix in my own private Idaho. No, but for he a just while- falls asleep. Maybe he sucks dick too, you know? Like- <laughs> no, but I remember for a while I would just be like, dude, I was up late last night. It was oh. crazy. But I would say at least a good six to months, eight months of me doing that, like almost every time we hung out, and you'd be like, dude, you're falling asleep again. I'd be like, I was up late, dude. No. And you I had believed no it idea. too. I was like, what a, what a life of adventure. I used to think you were Batman or something. Because <laughs> yeah. like, you're always in the morning, you're always night. tired and shit. You look beat up and whatnot. And, I'm and like, then what I was doing? fighting I was, crime. You're fighting crime and what? In your sleep, <laughs> eyes closed, just and, until... swinging at the Joker and the Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. Yeah, no, I think, uh, and then you, then you knew, and then, then it was, it was really bad. I remember as when Jay and Bob, when I remember I was drinking so much and I weighed a hundred, I weigh about 180 now. Mm. And so I weighed 195 or 97. So I was like full in the face and stuff. And then it was like 40 days later, we, you came back and we were going to fly to do press. And I weighed 100, so I was 197, I'm 180 now, I was 155. So picture me like 20 pounds lighter now, 25 pounds lighter. It, I mean, you can't even do it justice just yeah. talking about that. It would be like, if, if I go, hey man, I lost 30 pounds, people go, well, it's about time. But nobody <laughs> really notices, you know what I'm saying? And maybe my wife going, yeah, I've noticed you're a lot less heavy, you know, or something like that on top of me. Um, <laughs> which is so rare. Um, but um, you, that not, that day when I came in, you were right. It was like a month after we'd wrapped and mm. stuff. And during the movie, I got used to seeing a very almost moon-faced Jason Mewes. If you look at the poster mm. or even the scene and where we're talking that we're doing the huddle up with the monkey and shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember how tight you got. You were like, oh, man, we're shooting from down there. I got this fucking turkey neck going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? You stood up. You're like, look. And you started playing with your neck. And I got, I felt really bad because I had fucking triple that amount. And I was like, <laughs> if you have a turkey neck, I have a turkey farm. Like, I. <laughs> no, and I remember, I remember Kevin's like, it, it, no, it's not bad. It's not bad. And then, they, then uh, the Weinstein saw the dailies and they're like, Jason's fat. Yeah, yeah. Bob Weinstein called. <laughs> and I was like, I told you I was fat, you fucking son of a bitch. And Bob Weinstein came. called up. He goes, should we get Muse a trainer? And I was like, why? Is he finally going to fight crime? And, <laughs> and he's like, no, man. He's fucking like, don't you see? He's a little fat in the face. I was like, really? And I looked, and I was like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm never the guy going, this guy looks fat. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> he's going to finally fight crime? You're like, no, we just give him a bag of dope to do that. <laughs> yeah. In his mind, he's going to fight crime. <laughs> um so that was, it, for me, it was very like, I didn't pick up on shit. I didn't know. I wasn't like, oh, man. It wasn't until later I got educated. By Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, I was like, oh, my yeah. God, you're a full-blown fucking addict. we got to get you off this, blah, blah, blah. And we'd fight. We'd fight. That was when we had that fight. We are driving to the fucking yeah. stage, and you were bitching about being off fucking heroin or oxys for like two days. And you were like, really sick. oh yeah, like, I don't want to go. DTs and he was crabby. He's like, I don't want to fucking rehearse. And I fucking had six people in the car, including <laughs> you. And I was driving. I literally like dramatically slammed on the brakes. Yeah. And I was like, get out of the car, then you junkie jerk off. Yeah, junkie jerk off was the lowest point of my life. Like I couldn't summon anything better than that. Like you junkie fuck, you junkie cut nugget. But I was just like, you junkie jerk off. Like yeah. it just sounded, I was like I'm walking home. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. I'm not a jerk off. You're the jerk off. He's like, I'm rubber, you're glue. It was a really like five year old fight. 
But his, um, but after Jay and Bob, like we went through the whole movie. You, you didn't do any drugs uh, or or um, heroin or oxy's during the movie, but you drank like a fucking yeah. Fish, I drank that's why a I lot. A heavier face in the movie. Yeah. By the end of the movie, though, we got to Jersey, and we're shooting out in front of Quick Stop. And we have a trailer, you know, across the street um, where the quicker stop would be in the cartoon world. And we're done with the shoot. It's all finished. Like, we've shot your last bit. I still have to shoot more with Brian and Jeff and whatnot. But Jay and Silent Bob, in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, are wrapped. You're not going to be on mm-hmm. camera anymore. I'm not going to be on camera anymore. Um, you were like, is that it? Am I wrapped? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, all right, I'm going to go to my trailer, man, come out in a bit. I was like, okay. And I was sitting there talking to the locals, talking to the cops and shit like that. And the cops were really cool. And they're like, hey, man, can we take a picture with you and Jay? I was like, oh, my God, totally. And because I was going to get out of costume and shit. I was like, let me leave this on. I'll go get him, make sure he puts his shit on. We'll take pictures. You always want to make the cops happy on a movie set and shit because they always help you out. Get to the trailer door, knock on it, and fucking Muse answers. And it was Jekyll and Hyde. You had been out of my sight 15 minutes and gotten a hold of Oxy's. And fucking ground them up. And you didn't take oxys like people pop pills. You used to... Snort them, yeah. Yeah, you would take an oxy. You would break off the seal around it, the time-release seal, which you had no use for time. Fuck that. I need it now, you know. <laughs> so you'd break the time-release seal and then take the stuff inside, chop that up, and snort it. And that would take a long time, right? It looks like a lot of pills to do it for. Because it's... Uh-huh. The, how many how many milligrams are, are the pills? Well, no, the, the, the oxys, you don't... I didn't... We just, well, it's still a lot, but you... I would only need like two at a time in the 80s at that, but at that point I hadn't done two it for 80s, a while. 80 milligrams. So 160 milligrams, milligrams at that yeah. point. And you would chop it up and snort it. Yeah. And that's how it got into your system. But at that point I didn't have to do as much. I, I think I did like, uh, I did like 40, 40 or 60 milligrams, but still, but yeah, but it takes time because you got to suck off the coating and all that. And then you got to grind it up and get it right. Cause if you break it up just a little anyway, but it, yeah, there was a, a process. To it. You were, yeah, yeah, a whole, even like an Which alchemist. Which I've learned a whole sure. lot more now and not that I've done it now, but I'm saying I hear people which I'll get into, but, but I get into these situations where I hear people like, you can smoke Oxycontins, which I had no idea and I've never done, but I'm like, who ever thought of smoking a pill? Like, who would think like, wow, this powdery substance, I'm gonna burn it and smoke it. Right. It's so odd to me. You're but just, I just like, I'm just mad I didn't think of it first. No, I think it's a waste smoking. I mean, come on. <laughs> it is a waste, right? Because well, a lot of it's the burning best, off and I'm shit. Kidding. Yeah, no, it is even... Even the uh, heroin and stuff, I mean, I don't know. It's, <laughs> but, yeah, it's not – It's smoking it to me is sort of like, you know, it's like the, the the fastest and if you like it, the best way to do it is IV, of course, and then to snort it because it goes in your name. I have just yeah, shooting it. Shooting it, yeah, and then uh, snorting it, and then sm- people smoke it, but I don't even know. But I, m- my point is it's – Interesting where people will like think of stuff like yeah, think of, they'll find any way to think take of them smoking out of, a pill to take a them pill. out of the game for a minute. Well, let me ask you that because that's yeah. always an important question. Why the fuck did you, did you do drugs? Uh, I don't know why I did drugs. I don't. Uh, I mean, I definitely like. I don't like the the outcome of of overall. But I mean, the first time I remember we're doing it, uh, you know, it's I don't know. It's it's a weird. Is I don't even know. I mean, it's, it's, did you ever, you never seem to be having fun. I mean, you tell us about, like, I did heroin out of three-way, and that's mm-hmm. kind of exciting. But any time I ever saw you, it was always a hassle. Yeah, no. like, you'd get up in the morning, like, before anybody else at four or five, and immediately start working on how the fuck you were going to find Oh, yeah, no, drugs, it's a nuisance. Drugs. Oh, it's such a pain in the ass. No, Compromise the entire day. As I've talked about before when we were working pre-dogma. 
to get you clean. That's like post dogma or pre dogma post chasing Amy is where I discovered where I learned that you were like a drug addict. I didn't know. I just thought you were sleepy all the time, you know? And then all of a sudden it kind of comes out that like you're doing drugs. And so I'm like, all right, well I can stop this, you know, not knowing anything about fucking drugs. I was like, he just needs to be fucking watched and somebody to fucking tell him not to do that. He just needs instruction. So you would come live with me for long stretches of time Mm -hmm. and we would try to get you off drugs. And the way we did it the first time was doing the, the, um, what was it called? The methadone in Asbury Park. And so what would happen is we were living on the in the apartment in Broad Street, which isn't above the secret stash, but right next door. So and it was before the secret stash existed for a while as well. So we had this apartment there. Um, he had his own room there and shit. He would wake up at 5 a.m. 5 and, like, start hovering near my door. I think you're pointing at me, so point away with your mic. Um, he'd hover near my door and shit and then be like, you know, he wouldn't knock because it was really fucking early. But he would stand there creepily like he does when he's like asleep as well. And then I would call out, is that you? And he, and you would go like, yeah, man, I'm awake. I think I need my medicine. And I was always <laughs> just like, it's not medicine, you know, but I didn't want to fucking get into a semantics argument at 530. So I'd get up and fucking put on a hat, put on some clothes. We'd get in the car, go down to Asbury Park, Asbury Park. At six in the morning, Asbury Park at any time of day, you know, you want to watch yourself a little bit. Asbury Park at six in the morning yeah, yeah. was a weird place, man, particularly at the methadone clinic. Because um, <laughs> you see like 30 people lined up. We'd pull up 30 people, desperate souls, hollow eyes, all of them trying to get off whatever they're on. But like you could see drugs have taken a toll on their fucking life. Um, standing outside the building waiting to get in. We'd pull up and shit. Muse would get out, go get in line, and there would inevitably be some fucking junkie in line who would just be sitting there and shit and fucking look at me and then look away and see Muse and then look back at me <laughs> and then look back at Muse and fucking like all of a sudden there was recognition and you could tell he was like, oh my God, Jay and Silent Bob really have a problem, you know? <laughs> and then he would go in and what was it? It was like a shot of... A shot of juice. It's like uh, Jim Jones juice. Like no, Kool Aid. Yeah, they're like, drink this Kool Aid. You're like, drink okay. The wine. Are we going to space? They're like, kind of. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's just a little thing, and they give you milligrams of it, and it's. Uh, what does it look like? Know, taste like? Tastes like rubbing alcohol. I would say. Do you really? I don't know. It's been. It's it looked pink, years. wasn't it? Pink. Yeah, it's. I mean, they they put coloring in it, but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's been a long, but I know it doesn't. It doesn't taste good. And they used to make sure that you drank it, right? Like, yeah, they, they can't make sure like you leave drink with it. it. You got to drink it, and then they open your mouth to make sure you swallowed it, because presumably, some people would get it and be like, "Don't grow," and go outside, spit yeah. it in a cup, give it to somebody else yeah. for a premium. That was the word yeah, we were suddenly trip. in. I was just like, what are we doing here, man? <laughs> I didn't sign on for this, but it was what it was. Tell them then- the truth that I fucking you'd sit there like a fucking bird, and I bet. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, you go into that fucking meth clinic, you get a mouthful of that pink goodness, you come back here and baby bird it in my mouth. He'd come back out and shit, and I'd lay down, and I'd lay my seat back in the car, like, slow lay back and shit, and you'd hover over me, like, and spit it in my mouth. I'm like, and he would flap his wings, too. I was like, you gotta flap your wings to complete the effect. 
Um, so we'd do that, and then we'd fucking leave, and you, the first thing you wanted to do was eat. And you'd be like, let's go get a manager special. He was obsessed with the manager sugar, special. Sugar, yeah, lots of donut sugar. Donut at fucking Dunkin' Donuts and shit. So we were always like the second people at Dunkin' Donuts after the workers. And he would always <laughs> go right up to the counter and be like, can I get a manager special? And the manager special is, like, it alternates all the time. But you went in there once or twice, got the same manager special. So to you, a manager special was what? It was the uh, it was the glazed donut with like the white frosting and sprinkles on it. Right now that's oh, simple, so. but every time you went in there into a different Dunkin' Donuts, every time you'd be like, "Can I get a manager special?" And the chick would always be like, "I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> like, is this code for some? Are you soliciting sex for me?" Or? And then I'd have to behind his back, he'd go for milk chocolate or whatever. I would just be like, "Um, it's a donut with the white shit and sprinkles on it." And she's just like, "Where would he get manager special?" I was like. He falls asleep fighting ghosts. <laughs> An awful lot. Fighting Don't, donuts. It's probably best not to ask the question. And, shit. and then you get your manager special donut and shit too, um, and eat them like fucking, just like like a fucking like like brundle fly. You'd be like puke on it and fucking <laughs> suck it back up and shit. You couldn't get sugar into you fast enough and shit. And then what we would do is go to Toys R Us and sit in the parking lot for about two, three hours waiting for it to open because at that point, Star Wars releasing the 12-inch oh, yes. dolls and shit like that. And the tough chase doll was Greedo, the large 12-inch yeah. Greedo doll and shit. And Walter was just like, you know, ran the store and ran it like like it was hit. Like, he ran the store like it was Walt's secret stash. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were Jay and Silent Bob, and we'd come up with suggestions. and be like, that's fucking stupid, you know. And we'd be like, you're right, Walt. It is your comic book store. Um, so he had told us, he's like, you know, look, if you're going to be out in the world, man, I need some 12-inch Greedos. 12-inch Greedos, we can could, we could flip for double the price. And you buy it for 15, <laughs> you sell it for 30. It's a wall item. And so... This motherfucker always needs a project, and that project became that his good. fucking raisin de tron shit. He would get his methadone, eat his two donuts, and be like, let's hunt for Greedo. <laughs> and then we spent like two months going up and down New Jersey, sometimes New York, sometimes Pennsylvania and shit, hunting for Greedo dolls. And it must have been weird for every Toys R Us employee because we'd walk through the door and all the employees that we ever dealt with were like 18 to 20, but they instantly recognized us. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh my God, fucking Jay and Silent Bob are here. And we're like, hey man, you got any Greedo dolls? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, why? And I was like, just not, that's all we're interested in, Greedo. He's like, yeah. I was like, they're, they're packed one per case. Do you have any cases in the back? He's like, yeah. It's like, why don't you go in the back? Bring us in the back. Show us the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I, I'm not saying I'll put you in a movie, but we do make movies. Bear that in mind. <laughs> So they, and we would stock up. We'd bring Walter like fucking 20 Greedos a day if we could find him and shit. And Walter, I think after the third Greedo was like, I just needed one. I, but, but Muse was programmed to like, no, the more Greedos we have, we can own this fucking state. You know, you were like Tony Soprano and shit. You're like, we're a corner of the market on Greedos. They're all going to come to us. Um, that was that was fun. It was. It was. We Tom Tom. Oh, the Han and Tom Tom as well. That was that another was chase good. item. Toys R Us did that, and Walt was just like, "Hey man, get the Han and Tom Tom," um, because we had some chick whose relative was from Japan and owned a fucking store there. And this chick, like, he gave her a bunch of money. Said, "Go find stuff, you know, to send back to me to sell at my store." So I guess she didn't look very much further than our store and shit. And we were just like, she was like, "Where's that? Where'd that come from?" We had a Han and Tom Tom. Um, that Toys R Us was selling exclusive. 
12 inch size. And we were like, oh, you know, it's, a, it's one of our wall items. I think we bought it for like 30 bucks or something like that. And she was willing to pay 50 for it. And we were just like, this is amazing. You know, meanwhile, I was making millions to make movies, but I was so charmed. I'm like, we could flip this for an additional $20. <laughs> I am at heart a small change artist. I, I'm a nickel and dime guy. Like I, they hand me very big checks to make movies and shit, but that's not real because it's just a piece of paper that I don't deal with. But if somebody puts like green in my hand, I'm like, we're rich. You know, like, let's go spend this. You know, it's just, I'm still fucking Highlands through and through and shit. So the Han and Tauntaun we sold to her, and Walter's like, we need another Han and Tauntaun because that looked really good up there. And fucking this dude's like, I'm on it. You know, and fucking that became, Greedo went to the side, and the new mission was Han and Tauntaun. And it took a while to secure a few, and we found two and brought them back. And this dude was like uh, like a fucking four-year-old with a cupcake that you put him in charge of. You know, like he put the fucking Han and Tanta on the counter and would just stare at it through the wrapping in the box and shit like that and just like, oh, so awesome. And I was like, yeah, you want one? He's like, oh, yeah, I definitely want to get this and shit. And so you saved up and saved up so you can buy the Han and Tanta from a store called Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash. <laughs> That was fucking the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing people he didn't exist. Bullshit. Greatest trick is making Jay pay for shit at Jay's Bob Secret Stash. So Muse saved up like I think we we didn't charge you the premium. We charged you what we you know paid to buy the thing and shit. Saved up, couldn't fuck, and it was weeks that you were saving up and shit, as if you were like nine, but like you were twenty something and shit. <laughs> saved up enough money, came in one day, fucking. Walt, Brian told me he was at the store. Brian's like he was so fucking excited, dude. Like he, Muse, he's, he's our friend. We know him, but you didn't know him if you if you hadn't seen him this morning because he was like a child at Christmas. I was like, indeed. Why is it here? Because I was in the store talking to Brian, and it was sitting there. Box was open. Han, I mean, the, the Luke was sitting on the tauntaun or whatever it was. It was just sitting on the counter, and that's how it started. I was like, "What's this doing out, man? We got to can't take it out of the packaging." And Brian was like, "Well, Muse finally bought it." I was like, "Get out of here!" He's like, "Yeah, he saved it up, put it on layaway, you know." And finally <laughs> came in and bought the shit. And I was like, "What's it doing here?" He's like, "That's Muse," and it was kind of true. You had been like, "I got to get that. I must get it. I must." Here's the money. <laughs> Took it out of the box, and you were like, "What's next?" You know, and you just <laughs> moved on to something else and shit like that. Um, but it was charming and at that point we were able to kind of spend six months um getting you ready uh for jay and silent bob or for dogma rather at this point getting you clean because i was just like hey man fucking you got to be real in this movie a real good actor and shit we're gonna have real actors in the movie this time like alan rickman and you're like what ben's not in it anymore and i was like well him too but we'll have additional in addition to ben real actors in the movie and Alan Rickman is a fucking tough customer. Dude, he's a Brit, and Brit's like invented acting and shit, and you can't jump on the set and be snooch to the nooch or ask this motherfucker to wait in another room while you're doing the scene. Like, he's gonna want you to fucking come correct. And it put the fear of God in you because you were very like, I'm gonna learn the script, I'm gonna learn the script. And I was like, you should, learn your part, memorize it and whatnot. And when we sat down to rehearse the first time, I was like, where's your script? You're like, oh, I don't need it. I was like, really? You're like, yeah, try me. And I started reading lines and shit, and he knew all his lines. I was like, right on, man. I was like, you memorized all your lines? He's like, everyone else is too. <laughs> I said, bullshit. You're like, try me. And I tried a Ben and Matt scene, and he was spitting out the fucking corresponding dialogue. I was like, you memorized the whole fucking script? You're like, yeah. I was like, what are you, Rain Man? Why did you, why'd you do that? He's like, I don't want to piss off that Rickman dude, you know? <laughs> And then he forgot all his dialogue. Well, not all of it, sorry, but that definitely that diner scene. There was a day we were shooting. We were shooting the, the <laughs> sequence like, where you know uh, Metatron shows up and he's like going out in style. We're in the restaurant 
uh, towards the end of the movie, right before they all head off to the church and shit. And Alan, we'd put those giant fucking wings yeah. on them and shit, and uh, they were pretty heavy. It was about 90 to 110 pounds. And we were, they had levers in the back. It was real, like, awesome system, but it was lever and pulley system. Every time we opened the wings, it wrenched his fucking back. And you've watched the scene, you could kind of see him tighten up and bracing and shit. He never really showed, he never winced on camera. But as soon as we were done rolling and shit, he was just like, can I get a fucking chair? You know, because he couldn't fucking stand anymore. And so the next day, we were shooting that sequence at the uh, at the restaurant where he just kind of appears. And he kind of slides into the chair in this really kind of graceful, stiff back fashion. That's because he was in utter agony. Dude couldn't move, couldn't bend. And we were like, dude, we'll just, we won't do this. We'll do it another day. He's like, no, I couldn't get through it and whatnot. So he was coming into the scene losing the lines because he was in fucking agony and shit. This dude's sitting next to me and he goes, I'm smarter than Alan Rickman. (laughs) (laughs) They had to make those huge cue cards or like this. Massive cue cards for Alan to work. I'm sure he appreciates you telling everybody. I know. (laughs) Um, There's only that one scene because he was in pain. Yes, totally. So uh, that was Dogma, Jane saw Bob Strike Back. Um, as, as we said, you were drinking and at the end of the movie, uh, I, I opened the trailer door and it was Jekyll and Hyde. You had completely fucking changed. Suddenly you had done oxys or something like that. And yeah. it took a dramatic effect right away. And I saw you that night. We had a rap party in Jersey for the Jersey portion of the shoot. And you came in and you looked like you had back when you were doing drugs. Like it had taken less than four hours to completely revert back to that dude. And I remember having you in the car, taking you for a ride to uh, to the it was the Oyster Point, and I was just like, I'm going back to Los Angeles um, to cut this movie. And I hadn't moved out there at this point. Like we were just thinking we were going to edit the movie there, and then I'd come back home. And we came back home a couple months later. We wound up moving out to LA for good because we wound up spending like 11 months there. But you only spent about six months, and then or maybe eight, and then went back. When I went to, I was sitting there in the car going, you can't do this. I can't do it again, dude. We just did a whole fucking movie. Your name is in the title. Don't go down this fucking road again. You're like, mm-hmm. I won't, dude. I just need to let off some steam. We did the whole movie. I was like, you did a great job. You know, I agree. You should be allowed to party. Unfortunately, you can't party. Don't, you don't fucking do this. And you're like, I won't, man. I'm sorry. You're <laughs> stupid. I won't do it again and shit. I left the next day. Then I came back to see you about 30 days, 40 days later to shoot the Afro Man video and the other video and shit. Oh, yeah. And as you said, he had lost 20, I mean, 20 to 30 pounds, again, on me, maybe no, not even noticeable, on you. It was like looking at a skeleton with skin pulled so tightly over it. Like, it, he looked completely different and he looked like wide eyed because he was all the facial chub was gone and the face was pressed back he had this like fucking remember when homer got his eye vacuumed out when he was trying to steal the grease that's what fucking muse looked like with both with one eye was kind of like this one giant bulbous eye and shit and, and i would always do this impression of him with the fucking sucked in face and he couldn't speak he was just like beaker or something like that he looked so fucking unbelievably horrible, and it, I was—I had just seen him fucking a month prior. He, I, and and how it happened? It was like it was—it was so strange. Like I pulled up to the house. Your sister was outside the house, and I waved to her, and she's like, "I'll get Jay," and she went inside, and I was just sitting out there waiting. And then the door opens, and this fucking junkie comes out that looked like Muse, and I was like, "Jesus Christ, Muse is hanging out with junkies that look like him, man." That's got to be convenient. And then that junkie got in my car, and he was like, hi, moves. 
You know, it's like, oh my god, <laughs> this ain't no fucking junkie. This is open the door, and I'm like, <laughs> my, my arm so falls fragile. Off. It was like falling apart, like fucking Alec Baldwin and Beetlejuice and shit at the end. Um, and it was heartbreaking. I remember just bawling and crying. Yeah. I was just sitting there crying. I'm like, what are you doing? You're gonna be fucking dead. This is insane. And we had to go shoot a video where we were sitting there like pretending to smoke weed with Afro Man. And I was like, I'm going to hell. <laughs> this is all so horrible. Um, and then uh, that continued on for a while. When did you get clean? Because after the Jay and Bob uh, strike back period, we put you in rehab at one point at Promises out in Malibu. Yeah, there was Promises. And then, so then there was Promises in uh, 01. Mm. And then I, after Promises, I lasted like four or five months. And then I got bad really bad you were good for about four months then you went to some show some college gig somewhere and wound up doing heroin i found out years later because some dude who was there was just like yeah man that dude he did heroin that night and you had told me as well later on no no but that i remember that the time that time was um i was doing well and then i went out it was halloween i remember even Uh because it was it was June, and I stayed in. I I don't know why I remember this one. In '01, it was June like 28th or 9th, and I stayed there for a month and a half. So I left like August, the middle of August or whatever, and then I made it to like October 31st, and I went out to this party, and I was like, ah, I can drink, you know, I can have a beer or whatever, because everyone was in this limo. There was like eight of us, and I met this girl, and it was like second night hanging out, and we went out to this party. And uh, everyone was drinking. I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll get a little buzz. Anyway, I wind up getting buzzed. And I went and slept, spent the night at her house. And I remember I was like, all right, fuck. I fucked up and I drank. But I'll just, you know, I'm good now. I won't, I won't do anything else. And then I wake up. I'm like, I have such a headache. Though. And I'm like, do you have anything? Do you have any Tylenol or aspirin to the girl? I was, this girl, Amy. And she's like, um, I don't. But you know what? I have this stuff I got. For my cramps, my friend gave me, and it's called Oxycontin, Oxycontin, and they're like 40 milligram pills, they're yellow, and I'm like, really, what, I don't really know what those are, but I was like, I was like, I'll I'll try one, at that point, it was like, she already had them there, and I was And for all you knew, it's like, sounds like a my doll, man, it's for your period, I'll take one of those. Yeah, and I I knew what it was, but I didn't want her to know, like, yeah, those, I've been, was hooked on them for years. Oh, well, you knew about it, you knew what it was. No, it was the Oxycontins, the 80, but she had 40s, and I used to do the 80s, and they're all the stamped different milligrams, but I knew exactly. So she was going, like, I have this medicine called Oxycontin, you're like, what's that? Because she really didn't, she really did, I mean, like, she, you could see she took little pieces of right. it for like cramps if she got cramps and stuff but she's like i have this and i was like sure and i pretended to swallow it and immediately went in the bathroom was like <laughs> did you really so, anyway, so you pretended to take the take it the normal way yeah, and then quickly went in and fucking yeah. chopped it up and shit like and that. then she had another uh, where where'd you chop it up on the toilet no on the sink on the little marble sink oh that's mildly cleaner yeah it was nice <laughs> oh i've done the sink i mean the toilet though gross <laughs> no, but, uh, so then I did that, and I remember, like, she had a couple more, and I did them, and then it got, and I was okay, like, went a couple days, and then I did another one, and then she's like, I'm, she was out of them, I'm like, good, alright, I'll just fucking stop, and I fucked up a few days, but I'm gonna stop before it gets out of control, 
And then I remember she fucking, she's like, I'm going to San Diego for work again. I'm going to cross the border because I have to get, I'm going to get some Xanax. Cause she was like taking Xanax on a regular for anxiety and whatever. Mm. And I never liked the Xanax or Valium or anything. But she's like, do you want me to pick up some of those oxy, those painkillers that you like? And I'm like, man, I just pick up like 10 of them. And I'm like, all right, if I get like 10, I can space it out for, and I'll just take them here and there for fun. Mm. I took him in like six, seven days, and then she's like, I have to go back again. I'm like, you know, at this time, get like two bottles of them. <laughs> you know what I Suddenly mean? Suddenly you're a pro, and you're like, you want to take this route over here, man. You want to take the back route yeah. and come through, tell them you know Lloyd. And at this point, <laughs> no, she knew the people. I didn't even know. She was going like to Mexico, to like these pharmacies and stuff. And I'm like, okay, it's that easy. Mm. But then she stopped working at that place. Like she was working again, but not in she didn't have to go to San Diego anymore and she started doing them with me and next thing you know it's like me and she starts doing them here and there and I'm doing them every day but I'm telling her I'm only doing them here and there and next thing you know you know I'm sick one day and I'm like fuck and I I felt horrible and it was like two days go by and and I'm telling her I'm sick and I'm like you know what I'm gonna have to go get some dope because it's the only thing that will make me feel better and she's like no way I don't want fucking heroin around this house and I don't want you doing heroin or I'll fucking won't hang out with you and be with you anymore. And I'm like, all right. And then I go do it and behind her back. <laughs> I was going to say, I could have sat her down and been like, that ain't going to work, huh? Yeah. I tried so, that. But she was doing the pills, but she, again, she, at that point she was taking them every day. So she physically was addicted, but she hadn't run out because she could space it out where right. I was like, Oh, I got four. Let me do them all now instead of saving them. And so she had him a couple more days and then she ran out. And I remember her waking up and being like shaking and like, I've never felt this way. What is this? And I'm like, you're feeling sick from not having the, the oxys. And she like made all these calls and she's like, should we go to San Diego? And I'm like, we couldn't because of whatever reason. And she's like, just make it go away. And I'm like, look, I was like, honestly, the only thing I know that will help is heroin. And she's like, no way. Okay, go get it. <laughs> um, and so she went. That's we, the best advice from Dr. Muse. <laughs> no, but I mean. <laughs> you got a headache? Take some heroin. No, but it's not. You got cramps? <laughs> take some heroin. It's not the best advice. Your neighbor but, makes you mad? Take some heroin. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not the best advice, but it's like. You were right. You were looking out for her as a pure instinct, but at the same time, we were like, I was just like hey, look, I'll I have a heroin buddy, possibly. Well, no, I was like, look, if you, you feel sick and there's there, and you want me to make it go away, I can't tell you. The only thing that's going to help is either finding oxys or, or getting heroin because Vicodin at this point doesn't work because Vicodins and Percocets and all those other drugs are, I don't know. Weaker and, forms and of the very uh, weak. If yeah. you're doing like, you know, 680 million. It's funny that you say they're weaker because most people here, it's just like, if I took a Vicodin, I'd die. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's a weird. You have the tolerance, thing. the high tolerance of a fucking cockroach, I believe. Well, it gets up to that point. Yeah, you build it so, up slowly because yeah. you don't all. I mean, that's one of the reasons. Thank God, mercifully, that you haven't fucking dropped dead, is because we know people from our hometown. Yeah. Heroin like captured their imaginations uh, in, a, in, a, in a big way, man. I and mean, there's like three or four people who've overdosed in the last like five fucking years, and that was always a fucking terror back in the day for us. Like, oh my God, one day he might overdose. But you were always very good about that. Like as much as you. Um, were slave to an addiction at the same time you were smart enough to be like I'm not going to let it kill me you know I'm just going to fucking survive it and whatnot so the fear that you know one day I, I mean shit it happened to me People Magazine yeah. one day called me up and they were like do you have any comment on the death of your friend Jason Muse and I was like Jay's dead? God damn it and I fucking I couldn't even get that upset because I was like I fucking knew it I knew it was coming and shit like that um, 
Two minutes later, I got another phone call from Jay going, Hey, man, how are you? And I was like, You're dead! <laughs> and he's like, What'd I do? What'd I do? And I was like, No, man, People Magazine is telling me you're dead. He goes, oh, Really? That's fucked up. No, they were. I remember the teachers at, high, at our school said something, and my, my niece was in the class and was like, They were like, We came, you know, an old student here, Jason Mears, fucking OD'd and died. And I was like, And she called me. She's like, I was worried. They said this. And I go, Wow. Uh, and I go, I gotta go, I'm shooting dope. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but at that point, I was just like, I, it was, it, we know it was, it was, it was a cousin of mine. But anyway, yeah, that's happened a few times, and it's, it is a crazy thing, cause it can be, um, like there's a girl that I know from a while back from going to meetings and stuff, right. and her friend, she said, you know, she she drank a little bit and she'd never done dope and she started saying she was drinking too much and was going to meetings. And then she, she's this girl I know, her friend, was like, I want to try dope. And she's like, I'm not going to be part of that. And anyway, she said a week later, she got a call saying her friend Odeen that she went and wanted to try dope. And her first time doing dope, she OD'd. So her and friend dead. Was, yeah, right. She's like 21 years friend, old. If her friend had done it with her, she could have been like, hey, do this much. It's a exactly. weird fine line because yeah. it's like you don't want to fucking encourage drug use in anybody else, particularly intravenous drug use and shit. Yeah. At the same time, somebody's that <clears> curious about it, you don't want to send them off to a fucking stranger and shit. Yeah. That's kind of it sad. Is a, it, is a weird, it is a weird thing. There's it was weird and problematic for fucking times. years, but then after... Like, what was it, 2004? Like, that's when you fucking got clean. That's when suddenly, after years and years of leading the horse to water and being unable to make you drink um, that water, you drink everything else, um, but not the water. <laughs> um, suddenly, you, without any help, I mean, like, the last interaction we'd had, I'd got to a point, I was working on Jersey Girl, and we were in post, and you would come to the editing room with, like, this very emaciated uh, girl who was also fucking doing drugs yeah, or something was- like that. And, uh, like, basically it would be these visits where you're like, hey, man, what's up? It was sad. We all hated it. Everyone hated when Muse would come around because it was the same. It wasn't Muse. It was Muse's addiction who would come and pretend he was Muse for a while and say funny old Muse things and then eventually, invariably, be like, well, have you got any money? You know, and eventually he'd be like, I am. In the beginning, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, here's a bunch of money. And then the money got lower and lower and lower. And this one time at the office. There's a mic stand. Yeah. yeah. I, I literally did. I would be like, well, here's a bunch of DVDs. Why don't you trade those in for money and shit? And he was like, okay. Um, but at that point, like, uh, it was close to Thanksgiving and shit. And you're like, what do you guys do? You're fishing for a Thanksgiving invite. And that's when I'd hit the place where I was like, every counselor told me, Stop throwing a net under this motherfucker. You're the problem. I was like, I'm the problem. They're like, yeah. I was like, well, I'm trying to stop him from fucking dying. They're like, if he dies, he dies, dude. That's his fucking course. You can't stop that. Like, all you do is prolong the inevitable, either him getting better or him fucking leaving, because you just keep throwing net under him. You gotta let him fall. Let him hit rock bottom. I was like, what if his rock bottom is fucking dying? And they're like, that's his rock bottom. You can't stop that. You can't do anything about it. So I got to that point after years and years of hearing that, just being like, fine. So I didn't give out the invitation Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving rolls around, doorbell rings, Muse shows up anyway. And at this point, I'm not letting Muse in the house. Our relationship has got to the point where I'm like, Muse, as long as you're doing drugs, can't you have in the house anymore? Get the kid. Kid loved Muse, worshiped Muse and shit. The kid carries that pink elephant mm. called Ye Ye, has had it forever, still has it. Now she doesn't use it as much, and now she carries it more as like a accessory you know back in the day it was a living thing and she still probably will tell you it's a living thing you know but it's it's not um i don't think she can hear me um 
but that yay yay was named after Jay because Jay was always at the house and Jay, as far as Harley knew, was part of the family and, and she fucking loved him because he was the most interesting and funny and also most childlike one in the, in the whole fucking house and whatnot. At that point, she was about five years old and whatnot and starting to be like, what's the matter with Jay? Why is Jay like that? Where's Jay? What happened to Jay? And we had kind of made a decision of like, can't do it. Can't fucking let you come in and out of her life and see you looking fucking sick and then seeing you looking enormous, too confusing. And so I sat outside on the front steps of the house with you and it was so fucking depressing because we were just chit-chatting, but it was awkward because it's like we're chit-chatting outside, you know, with the door closed. My house, Silent Bob's house, Jay is not allowed into it. It was a weird time, but I couldn't like abandon you. I couldn't be like, I'm not going to even fucking talk to you. So I would just sit outside and fucking talk to you the whole time. And he was just going like, is that Gail's cooking? I smell. And I was like, yeah, we already ate, man. And he was like, yeah, I remember her cooking's really good. And I was like, it is, dude, it is. But you have to get off drugs if you want to fucking eat with us again. You're like, I will, I will. Um, you got any money? And I think I gave you 40 bucks to go get a fucking Kenny Rogers roaster, you know, to eat with your fucking girlfriend, which I guess went away on drugs, not fucking turkey at all. But that was the low, low point. That's the last time I saw you before I heard from you at one point where you were like, Hey man, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going back to Jersey. I'm going to face the music because you had some trouble, some legal trouble. And you're like, I'm going to go deal with all my shit. And I'd heard this a million times. So I was just like, right on, clean up. Go ahead. That's, That's good for you, Jay. And he did it. At one point, all of a sudden got a message where it's just like Muse went to court. He's not going to jail. But they did give you a choice. Did the, dr- did the judge at one point give you an offer, a difference? Because he gave you two choices. He was like, you could go to uh, jail for one month or rehab for six months. And I remember afterwards you told me, I really had to think about it. And I was just like, why would you think about jail? And you're just like, dude, it sucks getting off drugs. It hurts so much. And the idea of fucking going somewhere and being trapped and locked down and doing it, I really had to think about it. You eventually made the right choice. Wound up going to rehab and shit like that. I visited you in rehab a couple times. The rehab counselor fucking blamed me. Holy shit. I'm walking around with this chick and, you know, she's like, I'd like to know more about your friend. I was like, okay. And uh, and she took me around the grounds. We were walking and I was telling her your whole fucking life story and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and that brings us to today. And she goes, well, did it ever occur to you that maybe you're responsible? And I was like, what, what, what the fuck are you talking about? And she was just like, I mean, you put him Sorry. in all these movies about drugs. And I was like, lady, there's stoner comedies where people reference it. We don't all fucking do drugs. And I was like, well, he used to get drunk when we shot the movie. She's like, aha. And I was just like, that was. You bought him the booze. Yeah, yeah. You like, bought him it. I was like, no, Scott Mosher did. Um, <laughs> But, uh, it was, it was, it was, and you wound up leaving that place because motherfuckers were like, hey, Hollywood and roughing you up. Yeah, it was weird. That one was weird because that was in the, it was in the old mental hospital, Marlboro Mental Hospital yes. in uh, Jersey, <laughs> and they, it was just a weird thing. But anyway, this yeah, is it was the, pretty this horrible is why you that place. You would get off drugs because every time you've tried, they send you to a mental hospital. Like we did it here for Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and you went to fucking You are Jesus. I am. Remember this? There was a dude. I went to see him at the Cedar sinai and he's in in a one-week program. He was always looking for, like, just give me one-week detox. That's all I need. I just need somebody to put meds in me while I'm getting off, and then after a week, like, treat drugs with drugs. Never made sense to me, but I was like, what do I know? I was like, all right, let's try it. So he's in there on whatever, their version of methadone and shit, getting off heroin, and we kind of go visit him, and it's literally the insane ward, the psych ward at fucking Cedar sinai So there's a dude sitting next to us wearing a cowboy hat and nothing else. 
And he's just sitting there going, I am Jesus, I am Buddha, I am uh, Mohammed, I am Satan. And I was like, Muse, who the fuck is that? And Muse is like, you heard him, he's Buddha, he's Jesus. <laughs> but you were surrounded by fucking colorful people all the time. There was I called at one point, we were shooting a clerk's cartoon, and he was in lockup at Cry Help, I think, out in the desert or something like that. We brought him there. It was after the, it was after the, uh, the, the MTV Movie Awards where me and Ben kissed. I think it was like 99. And we were promoting Dogma and you had come out to go to the MTV Movie Awards. We were staying at the Sofitel over on Beverly across from Beverly Center and shit. And, um, he had his own room. I had a room with Jen who was like eight months pregnant at that point and Mosier had his, his own place. Um, we were, uh, at one point Muse is just like, Hey man, can I borrow the car? It was late at night. And I was didn't want to go out anymore. And I was just like, yeah, man, here are the, here are the keys and shit like that. Um, just make sure you got to bring it back tonight because we need it in the morning. So he left. Then he came back at a certain point um, and he called me. No, you didn't take the car until the next morning. You went out and then you called me from the road and you were like, hey, man, I need cash. Do you have any cash? Can you give me your ATM card? I said, what? And it was like one in the morning or something. I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess. You asked me to take money out for you. And I was like, dude, I'm not leaving. It's too late, man. Just come and I'll give you my ATM card. And shit. Yeah, yeah. He's like, there's a cab. There's a cab. Don't forget the mic. Alright, sorry. There you go. Um, there's a cab and he's like, the cab drove me here and shit and fucking I gotta pay him 20 bucks. And I was like, oh, and I didn't have any cash on me. I was like, take my ATM card and take out a hundred dollars. Pay him, keep the rest, but just take out a hundred and then bring me the card back. He's like, all right. And then I went back to sleep and shit. And when I woke up in the morning, I told you too, I was like, just slide yeah. the card under the door. When I woke up in the morning, there was no card under the door, no evidence anywhere of Muse. I called Muse's room, no answer there. Um, I go down, knock on his door, no answer and shit. I'm like, God damn it. And then I'm like, uh, I go to get the car out of valet and they're like, oh, it's gone. Uh, your friend took it. And I was like, Jason Muse is like, yeah, I was like, all right. So we're waiting for Muse to show up. No word, no word. Hours have gone by. I'm starting to get fucking concerned and shit. And then I go on a hunch. I go, you know what? I'm going to call the bank. And I call my ATM. I call the bank card, call my ATM card. And I was like, hey, can you tell me the last time I used this? And they're like, uh, you used it to get a hundred bucks about an hour ago. And I was like, okay, thanks. And she was like, that was the 11th time you've used it in the last three hours. And I go, excuse me? And she's like, yeah, it's uh, it's been used quite a bit, quite frequently. I said, since when? She's like, looks like activity started about 4 a.m. And I said, could you tell me how much? She's like, $1,100. And I was like, okay, thank you. And I hung up the phone. And at that point, I was pissed, but I was happy because I was like, I got that motherfucker now. Like, now I'm going to fucking give him a choice, jail or rehab. Like, I can do it. He stole enough money. I could put a fear of God into him. Muse didn't return for a while. Suddenly, we got a call from valet. They're like, your car's back. And then we went to Muse's room, banging on the door to fucking make him answer. He wouldn't answer the phone and shit. Finally, he answers the door. Um, only because we brought the fucking hotel guy with us because we were so scared. We were like, he won't answer anything like that. Went down to the desk. We're like, dude, friend of ours might be in some trouble in the room of his. He won't answer the phone. He won't answer the door. Could you come with us? I mean, you just open the door for us so we can make sure he's still alive in there. And the guy's like, certainly comes up with us, opens the door. We open the door and it looked like, like Kiss had a party there in the seventies. <laughs> but it was one, one guy. This room had these curtains and shit. He had, 
Yeah, kind of like this. He yanked them down. He'd thrown the mattress off the bed. All the fucking sheets and blankets were off, and they all had cigarette burn holes in them because Muse would fall asleep when he doped out and shit with a slit cigarette in his hand. So his clothes at that point looked like like a Charlie Brown sheet on, on Halloween, like just riddled with fucking holes. And he was like, I got a rock of heroin. Um, so we were sitting there um, looking in the room. The door's a crack, and I'm asking the hotel guy, can you just wait a second? And the hotel guy's getting hot because he sees fucking damage on the other side. And I was like, just give me a second. He's like, no. And he opens the door and shit. And we see the full room. Looks like a bomb exploded. Muse was doing a lot of Gorka Morka. What was it called? Fucking, uh, um, war machine or whatever. Like, Warhammer. He had all these, like, what was it, a game? We were talking about that last night, some D&D, some Warhammer. It's a game, but I didn't know how to play, but they're like, they're sort of like hero clicks. <laughs> <laughs> I used to just paint him. It's fucking even better when you finish the story. What do you mean you didn't know how to play? I didn't know how to play the game. I used to just like to paint them. Like, there's little trolls. <laughs> this fuck, it's like a, a D&D game, and I guess there's a whole world behind it. The world yeah. of Warhammer. Yeah. And he would get the pieces that you yeah, can there's paint? Yeah, like, there's like, uh, they had like a coach, like a stage coach with like skeleton horses and like a skeleton rider, and they were a pewter, and you paint them. So I had like the big grassy field and shit up in my attic at home and like little ponds and little fake trees and I'd set them all up and I'd like, I'm going to get you. And then I'd like paint them. I'd like trolls. And it was fun. It was, but I would only paint them. I didn't have to play the game. But there's a whole like thing where you roll the dice and there, there's like a, so, so it was pretty interesting. to measure the like distance. dice and like measuring things that were like, I don't know what the actual name is You were like, it was right interesting, but called. I never learned it. I just <laughs> left it off to the side. I was like, I don't need this. I don't need the dice. Uh, painting the oh, hello. it's essentially like it's. It would be like buying Monopoly and just playing with the thimble. Oh, I've done that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have the horse and the thimble, and I'm like, <laughs> you're like. Now I the got some money. I'm thimble, like, oh, I'm the so spectral horse. thimble is coming for the skeletal horsemen, and they will fight in hell. <laughs> and so. Um, so at that point you were a Gorkamorka painting like crazy. So everywhere were these tiny little like tanks, fucking dudes on horsebacks, fucking like, <laughs> like, like a catapult looking thing, like just yeah. all manner of fucking elements of war or creepy metal looking <laughs> stuff. And it was all painted, like hand painted. And all this paint was everywhere. Yeah. It was all over the desk, all over the bed, all over the fucking Sheets floor. Sheets were burnt. There's paint. It looked like, it looked like, like a child had exploded in the room or something like that. And the dude was like looking at it going like, we're going to have to do something about this. I was like, totally. But can you give us a minute here or whatever? He's like, uh, your friend's going to Let me stop real leave. quick. Can I tell you yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you, do you watch, uh, anyone watch Buffy here? I don't know if I'm up, should say, but you know, uh, Spike's girlfriend? For, but you're not, but the one bef the one after that, the stupid one. Harmony. Harmony. I, I met Harmony at a bar and in that room around that time. And I remember like, I was all like, cause I ran out of stuff, the other stuff, the dope. Right. And I was sick. And that's why that situation happened that I got, uh, coke. Right. But anyway, first I was doing dope. I ran out and I started getting sick. So I was like, all right, alcohol will make me feel better. So I went to the bar right down the street from the sofa town. I'm like getting buzzed and I'm like, all right, I feel okay. And I met that girl and I'm like, yeah, come back to my room. It's down here. And so she walks in and that site that he's talking about, that's what she saw. And she's like, oh, 
what, what's this? And I'm like, oh, it's paints. I paint this and this. And she like pulls the blanket back to sit on the bed. And she's like, oh, there's burn holes. What, what's that? I'm like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. She's like, I'm going to go in the bathroom for, for a sec and I'll be right out. I'm sure she was in there like freaking out, but I like <laughs> laid down. And at that point I was like really sick. I think this was the night before that situation happened because then I like laid down and I started getting like the buzz started running off. So I started like sweating and shaking from not having the opiates. And, and she like, I fell asleep and then I woke up, she was gone. But Anyway, I had to throw that in because it must have been, I go back and look and like what that must have seen to some person that you just meet, like at the bar, like come home and have a couple drinks with me. <laughs> and they walk in and it's like burnt holes and paints and Gamorca Orca and like the curtain like that, that divided the suite, like the little living area and the thing was like pulled down because I like, like fell out. I was like hiding behind it, smoking crack and shit. And it was, it was pretty disgusting. Anyway, so and then. And she was like, this is worse than when that giant snake attacks Sunnydale. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, that was then. Yes. Um, two, th- and we can, and we can and will forever be able to tell countless fucking stories of uh. drug, drug-battled buffoonery. But at 2004, you got clean. So yeah, I went down there. 2003, 2004. I think it was 2003, honestly. 2003 it was, yes. And so, um, for... For a while, it was it was miraculous. Something that nobody had really considered would ever come to pass. Like you had actually kind of like not not done it as traditionally as most. Like you didn't go through the twelve steps and shit, but you were definitely focused. You were like, I don't, I'm not going to do that anymore. And you know, we've detailed. I've talked about it in a, me and my shadow mm-hmm. and whatnot. And you got on the road, and it, and it was amazing. And ever since, you you've been fucking clean until April. When we went to Vegas, yes, and I found out that you fell off the wagon, which is something we'll talk about next week on Jay and Silent Bob. Get old. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Good night. Yeah, yeah. Smodco Internet Television blast your eyelids with the videos of Get a daily dose of pop culture awesome sauce. Commentary, cartoons, comics, comedy, old shit, new shit, everything you need to view are askew. Tired of watching a bunch of fucking cat videos? Me too, broski. YouTube.com slash csmod. Smodco Internet Television. Sit happens.